Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today, and today we're joined by Anne-Marie Wanger. Anne-Marie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks so much for having me in. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. And, you know, we have our little question that we like to ask people about ice cream. So, what's your favorite ice cream? Well, I was ready for this question. (laughs) And I'm not sure if it's one I've heard mentioned on the show before. But my favorite ice cream is Cherry Nut from Grammy's Ice Cream. Ironically enough, my husband and I, who are different on so many levels... Both love cherry nut. So what kind of cherry is it? It's the fake maraschino kind. I had a vision of this black cherry that was hanging out in ice cream, and I was happy about that. No, it's the fake ones. Mm. I mean, I guess they're real. They're real-ish. They're just... They not died artificial. In sugar. <laughs> they died in sugar somewhere. <laughs> yes, they did. Yep, absolutely. It's wonderful. You should try it. I will. I have to do that. Well, I love um, Great Nut Banana Ice Cream. That's one of my staples. I kind of change month to month, but today I'm going to say Great Nut Banana. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you mean Banana Great Nut? No, Great Nut Banana. <laughs> well, on my side of the tracks, how I grew up, it was Banana Great Nut. But that's how could that another time. <laughs> I'm not sure how the banana could come first, but anyway. <laughs> They're um, related. <laughs> oh, we have a little bit of history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, Grayson, I can tell you, his never changes. Vanilla. Vanilla. Yeah. Plain yeah. vanilla. I like yeah. something crunchy in my ice cream. Wow, I like grape nut banana. And um, he doesn't like anything crunchy or in his ice cream. So. Well, Anne-Marie, just start out telling us a little bit about where you're from and about how you grew up. Well, I am a Shenandoah Valley, Rockingham County girl, born and raised here, grew up on a dairy farm. You know, looking back, it was a good life, definitely a a simpler life, I believe. Um, In the thick of it, you couldn't have convinced me of that, Mm -hmm. but definitely a a good way to grow up. So lived on a dairy farm until I was, until, you know, a young adult. So um, yeah, just local here, and um, now I've been married for almost 30 years and have two grown children and basically I have lived and moved just a couple of times but within like a 10 mile radius my entire life so it might be a little boring but it's also comfortable. Yeah well I think that it is that thing of growing up in that, a simpler lifestyle. It's amazing how when we gain a little bit of age we can look back and have appreciation for the simpler things of life and so you grew up Going to church. Yep. I didn't say that because I know you did. But um, <laughs> <laughs> And then what did that look like for you, just your journey of faith? Would you want to share with us a little bit about that? I know you got a foundation. You heard the you heard truth all throughout your childhood. Sure, and- sure. Yeah, I, I should be glad to share a little bit about that. So grew up um, very similar to you um, in the Old Order Mennonite community where, um, you know, it was expected that you definitely went to church mm-hmm. every Sunday. And so uh, through my entire um, young, you know, young life and, and young adult life um, was, was in church every Sunday. Um, 
you know, fast forward a few years and I, and I knew that that was important, but it wasn't the place where I felt I needed to be. Um, my husband, well, he wasn't my husband then, but we uh, went around to a couple of different churches and I remember going to a revival meeting at a local church and there was a, there was a gentleman that preached there and he preached in a way I'd never heard before. Neither one of us had ever heard anything like it before. This um, pastor preached about being um, saved from drugs and alcohol and, and just a life, of, a life of destruction and how he was saved from that. The Lord brought him out of all of that. And we just left there in awe. We had mm. never experienced a, a sermon like that before. I mean, um, you know, we just identified a lot with that. And when we left there, um, my husband said, we're going to find where this man preaches mm-hmm. and we're going to go to his church. Wow. And I would say our journey start our journey to, mm-hmm. to find the Lord came through that revival service. Mm-hmm. So it was just a, it was a powerful, it was just a powerful moment in our lives. And we've since tried to find that sermon and can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just, it was just a great, a great eye opening experience to hear where that pastor had come from and what he had been through and how the Lord had saved him and, and just blessed his life through that. And so we've told him many times, he's no longer in the area, but we've, we've told him many times, mm-hmm. you know, how that changed our lives. The power of testimony, I think, as you say that, the power of people's testimony. We might think our testimonies are insignificant or boring or whatnot, but we all have a testimony and they're all important because it's how we came to the Lord. So what else as far as after that revival service um uh, you mentioned that y'all searched for that pastor and where he preached and uh wish you could go back and find that sermon but uh just maybe what were some things about that going forward what did that look like well it was just such an eye opener about being able to be saved from mm-hmm. your past mm-hmm. and i think i always knew that but to hear it on terms that were so similar to what you had been through or what close friends or family had been through, and just to hear about the, you know, God's saving grace, um, it was just, yeah, it was very life-saving. Um, we then went on to be um, baptized at that church just, you know, a year or, or so later. So You all did find his church and oh, you yes, did go. Oh, yes, we did. Yes, yeah. we, we knew where it was. It was just uh, a matter yeah. of, of getting there. And, yeah. Yeah, we, we did find it and still in contact with them today, so it was a blessing. Yeah, it's amazing how people come into our lives and it's just at the right moment and the right, the right time. And so, well, I know there's a couple of years that's passed um, <laughs> since that, but you have a real heart for um, serving and I think I don't know you've been at Hope Distributed serving for quite some time and we wanted to just hear about that I mean you are a very faithful servant and volunteer there and you're always encouraging other people to serve at Hope Distributed would you and I know you probably have some good stories for us but would you just tell us a little bit about what it looked like to get How'd you get involved up there? That's a very good question, and one that I wish I knew the answer to. Really? Absolutely. So I don't remember exactly why I started volunteering at Hope Distributed. As a matter of fact, I don't know exactly when it was. 
um, just guessing on things that were kind of happening in my life at that time. I'm guessing it was around 13 or 14 years ago. But I would have had young children. I had a very sick father. My plate would have been full. So I don't know why I started. I have no idea. So only God knows the answer to that. (laughs) Um, But it has been about probably um, 13 or 14 years that I've been there. And I don't know why I started, but I would be delighted to share some of the reasons about why I'm still there. Yeah, I would love to hear. So, you know, I've learned over the years to never underestimate the power of a story. Margaret mentioned that um, I have stories to tell or that I do share stories and I've just found that you can share so many facts and you can share so many figures, but and those are important, but the stories mm-hmm. are what resonate with people. And just like that pastor's story of his life just resonated with my husband and I, I just feel the stories of the people we serve just make such a difference when people hear about it. People have no idea that there's hunger in our area. You know, they don't have any idea. So I think the first reason I stayed is because I went to Guatemala. Mm, yeah. Pastor Margaret was on that trip with us. Um, we witnessed extreme poverty there. Mm. You know, remember, we, we loved on the babies. We visited the elderly. We packed food for the hungry. And I took the shoes off of my feet and gave them to a, a young teenager who was walking barefoot in the garbage dump. Mm. I know you remember that. I did, too. Um, yep. A lot of us did that. Mm-hmm. Yay us, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it was like yeah. we're on a mission trip. We gave our shoes. Yeah. You know, that that was that was a moment. So um, I came home, I believe, like a lot of us did, wanting to do more. And um, But then my heart was moved when I realized that there's just a lot of true heroes right here at home. Mm-hmm. My little Rockingham County world was rocked when I heard how a Hope Distributed volunteer took the shoes off of her own feet in the dead of winter and gave them to an expectant mother in need. I don't think I would have thought about that, to do that in Rockingham County. We thought about doing it in Guatemala because our our mind was on a mission. We were there to make a difference. How often are our minds in a position to where we want to make a difference, to where we would think about taking the shoes off of our feet? I'll never forget that story. Mm. I don't ever want to forget it because I think it just it just helps you to always be looking. So, you know, that, that really blew my mind. Um, our, our stories were worlds apart, mm, but yeah. it opened my eyes to the needs we have right here. And, yes, yeah. I think we do need to go to Guatemala. We need, do need to go to these countries. But there's so much we can do right here. And that, I think, was the moment that I decided that my mission was here. Yeah, and I think that... You know, so often it's easy to go to another country and be all in mm-hmm. for that week and then come home and forget that there are needs right sure. around us. Yeah. And I remember that day on when we were at the garbage dump and everybody um, was getting on the bus and I was supposed to be, the you know, make sure everybody got on. And I was on the back side of the bus and I couldn't see what was happening. Mm-hmm. And there was a little girl standing there and I watched Emily Shuff take her shoes off. Mm-hmm. And that's the only one I saw. And I looked at my feet, and I went, do you think my shoes would fit her? And she's like, wait, try. And I took them off, and the little girl put them on, and they fit. And when I got on the bus and realized that nearly every person on that bus was barefoot, yep. I will never forget that moment. The little boy yeah. that tried to get on the back of the bus and ride out with us. Yeah, um, yeah that, was, that was a day. Yeah. Um, but, 
You know, I, and I think it's great, uh, like you said, to do mission work, but I think that we miss when we come back and we put on blinders to the poverty that's around us and the needs that are so evident in our mm-hmm. in our community. And some of the other stories that I have that just stick out in my mind, I know there's many more, but some that stick out in my mind that I've experienced at Hope Distributed are these very simple, simple things. It's not the big things that stick out in my mm-hmm. mind. It's the little simple things that I take for granted every day of my life. So another reason I, like I said, I couldn't remember why, mm-hmm. why I went to Hope Distributed or started there, but another reason I stayed was because of the little girl that was shopping with her grandma and she was so excited to have a pack of raisins for her lunch for an upcoming field trip. Mm-hmm. And I remember also I stayed because of an elderly woman who humbly just asked for ketchup. She said, We're, you know, you're giving out all these bags of nice potatoes. And she said, I don't have any ketchup. Do you all have ketchup? Mm-hmm. And I just remember the next time I went out to, I think it was a DQ. And I went into the DQ and there was a container of ketchup mm-hmm. on every single table in that restaurant Mm. and again it just blew my mind that things that I take for granted um, was a real special treat for for that woman Mm. and then another one that just sticks out in my mind it was um, an elderly couple they're always at Hope Distributed on the first Thursday of the month and um, they're elderly and, and can tell they can't take care of themselves the greatest anymore and um they're always there together always shop together and then the one Thursday I got there and he was waiting outside all by himself, mm. and he just quietly handed me a, a copy of um, the funeral flyer from his wife had passed away, and it was just it just honored me to think that he waited outside to share that mm. with me. And, um, you know, he still comes, but it was just it was such an honor to be a part of that in his life. So that your presence matters. It does. Yeah. 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 And even there, sometimes we have to remember that presence matters because we can get really busy there and we can get focused on the task at hand and taking a minute to, you know, identify with the little girl we were, you know, trying to find the raisins or or the lady that came through and um, we had some fresh flowers and um, we had like one bunch of flowers left and I was just trying to decide who to give them to and the lady that I gave them to just burst into tears. She had found out she had cancer Mm -hmm. and had started her first chemo that day. And, you know, how the, mm. the Lord, yeah. I wasn't really seeking the Lord to find it, to think who to yeah. give these flowers to, but he knew. Yeah. He knew. Um, yeah. So just, just instances like that are just, they're just such eye-openers, and I don't ever want to forget the small things. Yeah. I, I work up there on the first Thursday of the month, and a young girl came through probably two months ago, and I said, you know, if you, because I'm, I'm usually in charge of the meat table. Not sure why, but I'm in charge of meat. <laughs> and so there was a roast, and I'm like, like a, I think it was a pork roast. I was like, you could just put this in the crock pot. And she looked at me and she said, I don't have a crock pot. Mm. And I'm like, oh. And so you might have noticed there's some crock pots around. Yes. Like we've been trying to get crock pots. And when people, we have those conversations, being able to say, here, well, you can have one. I got to give one away um, the last time I was up there. Nice. And just things we take for granted. Mm-hmm. And it is beautiful. I've always loved working in the food bank, and I went through a season where I didn't just because of life. But I'm so grateful to be up there and be a part of that mm-hmm. because it's 
I don't know if you have numbers. I'm sure you probably have some more stories, I but I think the numbers that we serve, mm-hmm. not that we, I mean, it represents a lot of people. Every person uh, that comes through has a story. And so I don't know if you have a number. I do. I do. We served over 6,000 families last year. Wow. And the big number is that we gave out over a million pounds of food. So that's staggering. It is staggering. There is a young JMU student, and I was telling him he was working with me two months ago. I shared with him how much food that we were giving out, and he was just so blown away by it and so overwhelmed. Now, he was there for community service. Mm -hmm. like He was getting some service hours in that he needed to, and he said, you know, I came here because I had to, but now I want to keep coming. Because I love, I love this. I love being able to help people. And he's actually helping cook for Open Doors, too. Oh, wow. He's even signed up, and he's coming back this month to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they represent, there's so many stories that are represented. Mm-hmm. What do you have? What I've, I have a feeling that you have something. That you, I have one more that I have that just kind of stays in my mind. And it's been probably about three years since this happened. But I still have this woman's picture on my phone. So it was around Valentine's Day, and again, we had some flowers that were donated from Food Line or something like that, and um, it was a bouquet of 12 pink, beautiful roses, and I just chose a lady. She was a young-ish kind of lady, and um, I gave her those roses, and the tears just streamed down her cheeks. They just streamed down her cheeks, and again, I have to think about, it was the simplest gift. And I don't know if she's ever received roses before. Mm. Um, But I I take her picture out every now and then on my phone. I can't use it publicly because I don't have her permission. Yeah. I only know her first name. But um, it does a lot of good just sitting on my phone (laughs) where I can go back and look at that. Yeah. So. Anne-Marie, as you were talking, you know, you talked about going to Guatemala and coming back here. That's the eye-opener, I think, to a lot of people, those numbers that you mentioned here locally, how many people are struggling, whether it be food or clothing or whatever that they're in need of, Um, simple things like ketchup, like you said. And it's just, I know I serve there um, the first Thursday morning of the month also, and some of the eye-openers I have is when you see people come in that you know. You don't know, you know, who is in need, you know, we don't know what struggles and what hardships people are going through. And I don't know if it was last month, but uh, a couple months ago, there was a lady that came in. I recognized her, but I didn't remember her name and couldn't remember where I knew her from. And she remembered me and actually told me where I knew her from. But it was just an eye-opener that, you know, there are people that have struggles right here in Rockingham County in the city of Harrisonburg. And Hope Distributed is a great ministry and not just... To meet physical needs, but also spiritual needs. You talked about the couple, the elderly couple. The man lost his wife, and he came to share that with you after his wife had died. And the woman that was going through her first cancer treatment. I hope that people can, even if we don't have to speak it, can see it on our faces and in our actions and our words to them, that there's something different about us, and that's Christ. Yeah, it's um, being present. God can do a lot through us. Sometimes we don't understand the amount of trauma that someone might be going through, what they might have experienced. Like every one of us going through life, when we have a job and we have a home and we have all those things, we still have things going on in our life, right? Absolutely. 
But to think about some of these folks that come through and just to have someone to be kind to them, it is just amazing the responses that you get and the gratitude that most people share as they come through the line and get the things that they need um, to survive on. What would you say to someone listening today that maybe has never entered in? Uh, maybe they it feels sounds intimidating. What would you say to them if they're looking to get involved? Because anybody in our community can be involved at the food bank. Like there's lots of um, students from JMU and EMU and the surrounding colleges and from other churches and other organizations that come in. It's not you know there's a lot. It takes a lot of people to run Hope Distributed. Absolutely. And that is our number one need in my mind. Now, Jeff and Ellen may have a a different story, but my story is our number one need is volunteers. Um, It takes a lot of us. It is a very smooth running machine, but it takes a lot of us. It's so simple to get involved. You can go to our website, um, hopedistributed.org. There's a volunteer tab there. You click the volunteer tab, it takes you to a calendar. It opens up to all of the available shifts and what you would be doing on those particular shifts. Mm-hmm. There's many options there. Once you find out that you, you know, I want to do this regularly. I want to do this once a month. I want to do this once a week, mm-hmm. whatever. If you want to do it regularly, just get in contact with someone from Hope Distributed, and they will get you set up on a regular rotation for whatever that job is that, mm-hmm. you know, you feel that you can do well at yeah. or identify with. One of the things right now that we could use help with is the in-home deliveries. Mm. We're really broadening out and we're branching out to get those people who um, don't have a vehicle. They can't come to us. Or maybe their only way of getting there is the, is the city bus. But then how are they going to take 150 pounds of food That's right. back home on the city bus? So we are really branching out and doing deliveries to some of those people that we haven't been able to serve before. So maybe you don't want to physically be in the building and serve. Maybe you have a small SUV that can hold eight to ten boxes Mm. of food, and you can go out and deliver once a month to families in need. Maybe that's your niche. Maybe you're good at doing data entry into the computer where the clients come in, they give you their information, Mm -hmm. you put that information into the computer. Maybe you're good at that. That doesn't require lifting. It doesn't require anything physical. It just requires you having a smiling Mm -hmm. face, understanding the program, putting that information in for each person that comes into the pantry. So that's a real easy one. Maybe you don't want to be in front of a computer. Maybe you'd rather do the heavy lifting or or interacting more with the clients as they're shopping. We've got a place for you, too. Um, There's just so many opportunities for people to get involved. We have a Facebook page that you can um, ask questions about. You can look me up on Facebook. I'm always talking about Hope Distributed and and grabbing people in for last-minute needs and things like that. I'll be glad to answer any questions. But it's, yeah, real easy to get involved and not intimidating. And we're so thankful for our JMU students who are here regularly and some of our church partners and, and that kind of thing. So just so thankful for every person that comes that, you know, want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. One of the things that I've been able to be a part of, we started last summer um, delivering to a group of veterans. Yes. And uh, we have veterans delivering to veterans. Mm-hmm. And I got to be there when they made their first couple of rounds and, you know, the guys would come to the door and they're not going to be real, you know, they're a 
a little suspicious um, for good reason. And it's been amazing to watch them blossom and grow and relationship and to see the guys swapping stories. And that's been just a really cool thing to be a part of. And that was just something that was on my heart that, you know, we have some people out there that have done a lot for this country and they've protected us and what can we do to give back? And so I would say too, if anybody's listening and maybe you know a group of people, maybe there's someone disabled in your neighborhood. Maybe you have some families that maybe are struggling in the neighborhood you live in. Like have some conversations and have some conversations with Hope Distributed and maybe you can deliver to your own neighbors. Mm-hmm. There's just so many people that maybe don't know about Hope Distributed can't, like you said, can't get there. And there are people on our lists that need to be, you know, we have lists of people that need to be delivered to as well. So there's just all kinds of ways to be involved. And you all do work with the schools, like the backpack programs. Mm -hmm. You can help, you know, those are more seasonal. But the kids get to take a box of food home over the holidays, whatever those holidays might be. Yeah, we do prepackage boxes over the holidays when the children are going to be out of school for spring break or Christmas break or any other extended period of time where those children may be getting um, free breakfast Mm -hmm. or free lunch at school. So when they're not at school, then um, they have to sign up for these boxes. But when they're not at school, then they can have this box of some healthy snacks and some things like that to to help supplement Mm -hmm. um, until they can get back to school for the lunch and the breakfast. And you can donate clothes and furniture. And I know they have to arrange times to set that up. And one of the important things that I don't want to overlook, people maybe are, say their schedule's too busy, they don't have time to volunteer, they can pray for Hope Distributed. So what are some best ways people can be praying for Hope Distributed in the ministry? Well, it's been a very trying time, as for everyone, these past two years. Um, I feel that... Our leadership at Hope Distributed has handled our new way of doing things amazingly Mm -hmm. well. Just so thankful for the continued health of everyone and just for the way that they were able to to take over and to change the way that we've been doing things Mm -hmm. for years and years and years because we had to. So, um, But any of the things that we just talked about, I mean, just cover us in prayer as volunteers as we're there. Um, You know, pray for our volunteers. Um, Pray... um, Again, over our finances, because we are absolutely, you know, a um, not-for-profit. So anything that happens there is happens from mm-hmm. grants or donations from our very, you know, very giving community. Mm-hmm. So we're so thankful for that. But absolutely keep us as covered in prayer for well-being, you know, prayers for our clients, um, just praying for those who have decisions to make as our climate seems to be changing monthly on on decisions so um, just pray for those that we have in in our leadership and pray for our board you know just for decisions that that we have to make and the and to keep hope distributed running smooth and to be just to be a a blessing to those in the community yeah um one thing that we didn't talk about that's new at hope distributed and i don't know if we've had anyone shared here is baby hope yeah i have that in my notes to talk about yeah, you want to tell us a little bit about Baby Hope? I will tell you a little bit about it. Okay. I will I will be honest. Um, I feel like I've kept busy enough in the other aspects of Hope Distributed that I've not entered into a lot of mm-hmm. what happens at Baby Hope. But I will tell you that it, they provide mothers who are in financial need mm-hmm. 
with the essentials that are needed to care for the health and well-being of their babies. So anyone who qualifies mm-hmm. is welcome to submit a request form on our website. Okay. So that's the very first step. If you're a mother who is in need of the essentials, diapers, formula, mm-hmm. um, just you know the basic essentials, go to hopedistributed.org and you will find a tab there for Baby Hope. Mm-hmm. That is where you will fill out the information, um, your request form, and you're allowed to do that once a month. So, um, yeah, definitely um, go there. We have needs for um, donations mm-hmm. in that aspect as well. So just another way to reach out and, and kind of help another underserved um, yes. community here here in the, in the area. So. Well, Anne-Marie, thank you for joining us today. And sharing a little bit about your story and also about Hope Distributed and their ministry. Is there anything in closing that you haven't shared already that you'd like to mention? I don't think so. I think we've I think we've covered it. I'm just going to say a prayer in closing for Hope Distributed and the ministry. Lord, uh, we thank you for Anne-Marie being willing to join us today, Lord, and just pray a blessing over her and her family, and also pray for Hope Distributed and their ministry, Lord. Uh, Jeff and Ellen as they give leadership to that and all the volunteers, Lord, and uh, uh, pray for the clients also, Lord. Um, Just uh, pray they're able to get the help they need, whether it be food, clothing, or furniture, Lord, and uh, just continue to bless that ministry and continue to bless those that are impacted by it, Lord. And uh, I just thank you for today's conversation and ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I pray that as you've heard Anne-Marie Wanger share about Hope Distributed, that it has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.